This is not an expert podcast. Um, now that we've started recording, I do think that one of the cats is going to find their way up there. Oh, 100%. Oh, yeah, totally. That's They're going to be wanting to be uh, king of the hill. Mm-hmm. That is the highest elevation they can get on here in this land. Yeah, in this room. This land of opportunity. I actually think it's the highest in, like, the whole house. I can't think of anything higher. Oh, the fridge. Yeah, the fridge. You know about both of them. Yeah, that's the the only thing that's even comparable. Uh, Yeah, the the mantle's not this high either. The mantle of the Mm -hmm. fireplace is about the same Mm -hmm. as the tree, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I'd argue to say upstairs is higher. Uh, let's ignore but that. But they don't know that because they have dumb kitten brains that are the size of walnuts. Kitty, kitty, kitty. He doesn't. He doesn't care. give a fuck. He does not. I care. feel like Pancake's just asleep, but he's listening to be sure if we're not talking shit about him. Yeah, he's a Russian spy. But we are. We, we don't all, get us wrong. We are. We always are. But no, Pancake's the best. He's hearing. And by that, we mean the words. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. So we've spent uh, this weekend building an adult blanket fort for me to use around my computer in Among Us, which Actually, is surprisingly fun. The second iteration turned out very well. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, this was uh, The first one I agree. did get destroyed by the cats, but the okay, second one... Let's not refer to these as first and second because the first is actually when Michael draped a blanket over me the other day. Okay, the second one got destroyed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The third one is real nice. <laughs> <laughs> the third one, I think we've learned from our mistakes. We are not going to let the cats ruin this. And so we have put... A lot of reinforcements on this that I think definitely needed to happen if this is going to be in any way a permanent fixture. Iteration zero was the blanket that Michael draped over Megan, Megan's monitors and her while she sat in the chair. So that's exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> Iteration. No, I sat under my desk you, where the space heater is because I was cold. Facts. Yeah, that's true. I was cold and I was in between... Working at one job and working at the other job, and so I had an hour break, and so I came home and. I think literally you just you down. went under there, and I was like, <laughs> "What if you just put a blanket over the whole thing?" It and you're really like, feels nice. Blanket for it, so we did it, and it worked. Iteration it keeps two the heat in. was the one where we put a blanket over the monitors and Megan, and then put a rake behind her to try mm. to keep it elevated above her head, mm-hmm. amongst other attempts, and that was obviously not ideal either. Mm-mm. I forgot about that. That's what no the rake is doing here. Or no structural uh, stability. Actually, what happened was Jack jumped onto my head <laughs> under the blanket. And I was like, no, no. And that's where the Kool-Aid got spilled. Didn't he knock your monitor over and you caught it, like, mid-fall? Mm-hmm. Okay. Iteration 3, a.k.a. Um, Bl- Blanket Fort 1.0, was the one where we started with PVC pipe, half-inch thick PVC pipe, five feet by five feet. Which, if you know anything about PVC pipe, you know we were jokers to think that a half-inch was going to support... A cat's body. But we tried it, and, uh, of course, one of the cats overnight... It worked for the night that we used it. It was great. Uh, it was a little flimsy, but it worked, and there was no issues. And then we woke up this morning, and it was collapsed. So we spent the day getting blanket fort uh, reinforcements, including mm-hmm. returning our thin half-inch PVC pipe, purchasing a full-inch PVC pipe. Which, don't even get me started on that return. 
Oh, my God. <laughs> Here's the thing I have to say. If you're going to be bad at your job, be nice. <laughs> That's it. I'm fine if you're bad at your job, but don't be a bitch about it. Just don't. I'm not normally one to hate on retail workers. I'm understanding. I'm a cool guy. Like, I get it. Life is happening for all of us. But if you're a dick to me while being awful at your job, mm-mm. Yeah. Unacceptable. That's just like, what are you doing at that point? What are you doing? Wasting air? For sure wasting air. <laughs> Anyways. Facts. So we are now Facts. working with a one-inch PVC frame. Iteration Blanket for 2.0, where we have a much more rigid frame. Uh, we have reinforced the sides with extra piping, and uh, Megan has made a beautiful top portion using and Michael yeah and Michael using elastic band uh, technology to uh, elastic elastic band technology to essentially, and also cardboard <laughs> technology to essentially make a grid <laughs> a grid across uh, the tops of the pipes that would prevent anything from falling through mm-hmm. um, and then laying cardboard over top of that grid so that way if a cat jumps on top of it it should remain stable and then the extra reinforcements on the side should prevent it from toppling over and now that's all that's left to do is add the blankets so if you want to know how to build a load bearing blanket fort which as it turns out is not as easy to google as you would like yeah. um so if you want to know, you know, message us. We will get the blueprints drawn up. We will use Michael's engineering. I was going to say, I'll draw it in CAD if yeah. you guys want, or Revit. I'll send you a 3D model of what we're doing. I'll create exactly. this shit. <laughs> we will absolutely send it your way because, honestly, I feel like there are certain things that just make the adult experience more bearable. Hammocks are one of them. <laughs> uh, blanket forts are another. And that's about it. And if you guys are lucky, we might remember to post a photo of this to our social media <laughs> after the I episode. I am trying to up my social media game. This is not so. your fault. I may I'm just saying we all forget. a picture to Twitter. I haven't tweeted on our account in a long time, which I need to do. <laughs> I'm a bit behind on that. I blame Pancake. It really I is his fault. It really always is his fault. This facts. God damn it, Pancake. Why do you have to be Pancake? So what do you guys call roly-polies? Roly-polies. But I have heard people call them pill bugs, which makes me uncomfortable. That's apparently the yeah. actual name for them. I've heard pill bugs, and I'm like, that's, that, no, that's, I was like, They're pill bugs is wrong. They're roly-polies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, also, I'm glad we're on the same page. where do all the roly-polies go when you grow up? And the polioles. Oh, roly-poly. And the holy-polies. my favorite Roly-poly-oly. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Um, but also, have you noticed that you stumble across significantly fewer roly-polies as you get to be an adult? Like, I used to find them all the time when I was a kid. And now I'm like, that's when's true. the last time I saw a roly-poly? I saw one like six months ago, and that was it. And that's because I was loud looking for one. Mm-hmm. The last time we went outside. And like, <laughs> that's true. That is the last time I went outside. So that's probably why. That's big facts right there. I am very pale. You can look through my skin. And that's factual. You guys are saying that in front of me. The whitest person on the planet, yeah. Yeah, the literally fluorescent. <laughs> I am fluorescent. You can't even see through me. You, everything just reflects <laughs> just off, off. Yeah. She has to permanently wear gloves and like a face mask. 
Not for her own protection, but for everybody yeah. else's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have Very I like, ever um, take them off? People are like, oh my god. Yeah. Is that why you're Is watching Twilight? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You were trying to figure out how the vampires in Twilight live so you could be like... Mm-hmm. I think we need to move to Forks, <laughs> Washington. It was a documentary. It was Megan's heritage. Those are my ancestors. Bella and Edward are my ancestors. You were the kid. When was Twilight Renesmee? set? Renesmee. You changed your name before you met us. To Megan. To Megan, yeah. Easy. Twilight was set like 2012. <laughs> so your ancestors. You grew fast. up really okay. fast. That's actually <laughs> Renesmee actually really did. She grew up like really fast. They like grow up like four times faster than humans or something. Okay, so you're you're like six years old, but you you just look twenty six. I don't know. Am I? Is she Kevin? You know, I feel like vampires not liking garlic is <laughs> really just more of a preference. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, How did we go from roly polies to Twilight? Well, this is a non-expert podcast. Now that we've talked about our myriad hodgepodge of random shit for the uh, for the start, <laughs> we're ready to hop into what this thing is all about. Us not being experts on things. What's that's going what on? you come here for? What's popping? Mm. Our not expert educations. How's it hanging? My name is Kevin. My name is Megan. My name is Dev. And it's Jaboy Michael. It's been a while since we did the intros, I feel like, so I thought I would throw that one in. Yeah. This week's going to be a Dev episode. Coming at us with a slight continuation of something he's talked about in previous episodes, and I think it's going to pique everybody's interest, including my own. So, yeah. Well, I hope so. It. I hope so. But today, we're going to talk about the James Webb Telescope. Uh, like Kevin said, I think I brought up the name uh, a couple of times before. Let's just start off with the name itself. So, our, my previous episodes was about the Cold War. And if y'all remember from that, um, if y'all remember from that, James Webb was basically the lead head of NASA went during the Gemini and the Apollo programs, which was basically the peak of modern um, flight technology. He was uh, the NASA head from uh, 1961 to 1968. And that's and the lunar landing happened in 1969 under the supervision of a different head. But it was... All of it was built on the work of James Webb. Right. It was all set up to succeed exactly. because of James Webb. Yeah. yeah. Because there were multiple space flights that happened during his term. So there were, before Apollo 11, there were two more Apollos. Or sorry. Uh, yeah. Before Apollo 11, there were two more Apollos that went to the moon but never landed. They just orbited and came back. There weren't 10 more? That was going to be my question. <laughs> um, is there a secret lunar base that we don't know about? All I'm saying is, why name it Apollo 11? I was going to say, that was going to be my first question, is why yeah. is it Apollo 11? What happened to Apollos 1 through 8? That's my question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't make it out of the atmosphere. 
Probably yeah. not. They were probably yeah, just they didn't make it all for lunch. That's probably bed. more accurate. But <laughs> yeah. conspiracy is more fun. Way more fun. Apollo way, way, One way more fun. is on the dark side of the moon that we don't get to see ever. It's on the opposite side. And that's where the transformers it keeps are. Rotating. <laughs> it rotates around the moon. It scuttles around like a little crab. Like a little roly poly. <laughs> like a little pill bug. No. <laughs> it feels wrong to say. <laughs> <laughs> Rolls around like a little. Pill bug. No. Thank you, Regis. I'll go with roly-poly for <laughs> final answer. What is roly-poly? <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. Keep going. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that was the wildest derail. Do you, uh, before James Webb's tenure at NASA... Nothing in, as close to the scope was even planned to be possible. Kennedy announced that we were going to go to the moon, and scientists and engineers were like, um, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, are you serious? Like, do you understand what it takes just to get into space? And he said, no. Pretty much. <laughs> like, no, no, but do it. <laughs> so... The Apollo programs, this is just a little side fact, at that time, in the 60s, it, was co it costed about uh, $20 billion. And to this day, it can, uh, accounting for inflation, that's close to $250 billion. Wow. Yeah. That's almost how much America is in debt. Yeah. Boom, roasted. It's a bit of a <laughs> bit of a far off number there. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. A bit, no. No, I'm, a, I'm a bit off. They're trillions of yeah, dollars. You're about a fortieth yeah. of the way there. Yeah. Let me have my joke, man. A couple of magnitudes off, but you'll get it, buddy. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. I'll just drink my Red Bull in the corner. Try not to get political, okay? You're the entertainment guy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's never been <laughs> It's literally never taken place. You get a, um, a front seat view to a behind-the-scenes interaction between Kevin and Michael. <laughs> this is why I'm always so sad in every episode, guys. Mm -hmm. He's, he stays around because it's Stockholm Syndrome. Mm. <laughs> Anyways, we're wrapping back around. James Webb was basically... Like I said, he was the head of everything. He was the reason why we even made it to the moon. Why we even had a comprehensible plan that wasn't muddied by 10 different authorities saying 10 different things. And mm -hmm. he's the reason why it didn't get political. He's the reason why progress actually happened. And we made that happen in a decade, which is with less than a decade, which is mind boggling from planning to end. He is known as the most influential person for science in the government to have ever exist. And I definitely agree with that because the steps that he took to ensure that we could even, a human, a mere weak human could step a foot on the moon. He is the reason why that happened. Obviously, there were thousands and thousands of other people, hundreds of thousands of other people who were alongside of that. But he's basically known as a head. And in order to honor that, they decided to name the most advanced telescope ever 
to be made in history after him. So, have you guys heard of the Hubble telescope? Yes. Who is that named after? Edward Hubble. He was a famous uh, astronomer. Boom. Oh, Roasted. Cool. I was, it was a question and he, I received information. I know. I just like a chump. <laughs> like an idiot. <laughs> um, he was also very important in the field of astronomy, but they just decided to name this. I guess there were no more Hubbles left. So I guess James <laughs> Webb has to be... No more Hubble 2.0. Hubble, so Hubble yeah. 11. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so if you already got that from the name itself, it is a telescope, but it is like no other terrestrial... Well, it's not even a terrestrial telescope. It is a telescope meant to be up in space, away from all of the terrestrial disturbances and atmosphere disturbances. Because our atmosphere is a very lively thing. To measure anything, to measure something billions of light years away is almost impossible to even start through our atmosphere. A single atom of air could ruin everything. It could ruin the entire image. So in order for us to have a clear picture of what is going on up there, we have to send things to space. And let's talk about a little bit of... Uh, the physical aspect of the telescope. For your uh, <clears throat> illustration purposes, mm, I have drawn the best picture I have ever drawn in my entire life, okay? And probably not even an exaggeration, okay? So it's, it's a actually, honeycomb. It's a very, it's yeah. a very good looking illustration because it looks very similar to what the James Webb Telescope actually looks like. It's very close. So I'll describe it for our listeners. It has 18 panels in a hexagonal shaped in a circle. The middle panel doesn't exist because it's that's where the sensors are. And it's seated on a 36 foot by 70 foot solar shield. So it's meant to block out as much interference from sunlight as possible because that is the biggest source of interference in space sunlight and to be honest this is something straight out of science fiction if i were to draw a telescope it would probably look something like this anyways i'll be honest it it kind of looks like a spaceship from the expanse the TV right series. yeah so the mirrors itself are 21 feet in diameter 18 mirrors each of four feet and four inches in diameter and let's for as comparison the hubble the entire telescope is 2.4 meters in diameter that's about seven feet in diameter and this thing is so much larger than that and the way that it's astonishing how they even got this thing into space. Okay. So one of the key things about the James Webb telescope is that the frequency of light that it detects. Y'all are familiar with the um, electromagnetic spectrum, mm -hmm. right? There's microwaves, infrared, well, radio waves, microwaves, 
infrared, the small spectrum of visible light that we can see will be identified as, you know, Roy G. Biv. Mm-hmm. And then there's ultraviolet, then there's x-ray, and then there's gamma rays. Mm-hmm. And what Hubble saw was mostly invisible light and a little bit in ultraviolet and a little bit in very high frequency infrared. So basically mostly situated in the visible spectrum. And as it turns out, we learned a lot from Hubble. We learned that dust in space is probably the biggest interference of us being able to look through things. And because there are billions of galaxies in space, everything is overlapped on top of each other, on top of each other, on top of each other. And as it turns out, infrared is the best light to use if you wanted to look through dust. Mm. That's one of the reasons why infrared is like low frequency infrared is chosen for the James Webb telescope. Other is, have you guys heard of the Doppler effect? Yes. Mm-hmm. So, yes. When a semi goes past. Yes. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I only but, know that because on Big Bang Theory, um, what's his face? Uh, Sheldon went as the Doppler effect for Halloween one year. And he had to explain it to everybody. That's the only reason I know it. So don't be impressed by me. I just know it because I watch a lot of TV. That's hilarious. So Doppler effect is, like Sheldon said, it also (laughs) affects light. So y'all are familiar with the concept that our universe is ever expanding, right? And just as similar to you hearing a truck going further away from you, and how the frequency of sound changes as opposed to what it's coming from you, the same exact thing happens to light. Let's say something from 2 billion light years away leaves in the visible spectrum of light. Over time, because it's 2 billion light years away, it's going to take 2 billion years to get here if the universe wasn't moving, Mm -hmm. if it wasn't expanding, but it is expanding. So throughout the way, the frequency of it gets reduced because of the planets and the spaces between them keep on growing. So that's why the light gets redshifted. If you think about the Roy G. Biv spectrum, mm-hmm. right, if it starts out at ultraviolet, it would slowly push towards, or the violet light, it would slowly push towards the red light. And because of that, infrared actually helps you see things in visible light. Mm-hmm. as well so it's more it's like two birds with one stone type of thing that they wanted to do with james webb and so y'all are familiar with uh that the universe is about 14 billion years old that's what the current projections and theories that's not, say that's not what my bible says <laughs> I don't know. Actually, what's what's funny about that? The Bible actually does not say how old the Earth is, and so Jesus is about two hundred years old. <laughs> it's a twenty 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 AD, but um, there was Jesus, no BC. <laughs> there was no BC. It did not exist. BC was before creation, so there was nothing. <laughs> that doesn't. That doesn't real. 
<laughs> it's a reality for some people. I know. It's what school is it's like so actually depressing. teaching them. This I mean, is, yeah, it's funny, and I do like the jokes, but my God, it's... <laughs> I was having a fantastic day today, like having a great day, and I, I have my, you know... Uh, it has a bunch of phrases on it, but one of them is like Black Lives Matter on my face mask, and I was, you know, dancing around Walmart, and I just walked past this lady, this larger, older lady, wearing a Trump 2020 shirt, and my day was a little ruined. Just knowing that, <laughs> just knowing that the world is not as happy as I've been today, just knowing that the, I, I, it feels bad. I've, I've been sharing a car with you, and I haven't even been as happy as you've been today. That trip to Lowe's set me off on a bad foot this morning. Big facts. <laughs> Anyways. Also, this I feel like I'm at an advantage right now because I haven't taken trips today. <laughs> I slept in, took a shower. Yeah. So I've just I've just had, I've got mask. secondhand accounts. I used you a hair really mask. Got, oh. You got in there. You treated yourself. I cleaned my face. All I didn't do today was shave my beard, but that's fine. I'll do that later. But sure. ooh, let's uh, let's continue talking about something that half the country is still wanting to defund. So the police, the I'll space let, program. I'll let my uh, colleagues here a little bit explain to you. Um, so, okay, in this picture that I'm about to show people who can see here is this is what you can see in visible light. And this is what you can see in infrared light. Okay, okay, okay. I see what you're saying, except the visible light one is so much prettier. Cosmic is. dust is beautiful. It is, but yes. It is it obstructive. Is. You see how many stars you can see without the dust in the way? Like, mm -hmm. you, yeah. with the dust, you can see, like, maybe... I mean, a, I will say this. Couple they, dozen. They both look straight up like paintings. And, mm. The cosmic dust visible light looks like a painting of Thanos... Because mm. he's blocking all the stars. Infrared, Thanos is gone. It's just straight stars and everywhere. And some of these mm -hmm. aren't necessarily just stars. They are whole super clusters of galaxies. Mm. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, damn. So hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of billions of stars just, yeah. just you know, Thanos missed. just on one pixel. Thanos missed. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll put the, we'll put this up on uh, Instagram. Not trying to That's pressure true. you, Megan, but no, maybe. if you send it to me, I definitely will because I did a good hearty post for my episode. Yeah. Oh, Not because I, I have that. a favorite I or it. anything. It was a great one. Um, it was a good post. But I am my own favorite. Mm -hmm. uh, but I will, I will do it. I promise. Well, before we start calling Hubble obsolete, though, I just wanted to take a moment and show y'all how amazing. Hubble has been to us. Look at this. That's so cool. This is this is all Hubble. These are real images. Like we encourage the listeners at home to just Google images from the Hubble telescope. Yeah. You'll see what Dev is showing us right now. It it is gorgeous. It's something that we couldn't even imagine. Yeah, exactly. You can't even like put your imagination in that place. Did you know that up until fifty years ago, we didn't even know that there were other galaxies in the universe? Like, it took us, we're so short in our learning period that mm. we didn't even know about the hundreds of, right now, the lowest estimate is 200 billion other galaxies in the wow. universe. And that number is ever slow, ever so slowly growing. Right mm. now, it, it's the average, the research papers average it at about, two trillion galaxies in the mm -hmm. universe 
right? So how do we see that? And it's, right, we have reached almost the limitations of Hubble. We need something yeah. beyond Hubble. We need mm -hmm. something the next generation has to offer. Mm -hmm. And to be I am, I don't know, just talking about it, I'm just super excited. Because Hubble ushered in a new scientific era for space exploration and astronomy. It was unmatched. So one of the most amazing things about Hubble was before the data for, of, from the Hubble telescope was released, the general consensus around astronomy was, I made an observation, I am going to keep that observation and keep all of that data until I have fully analyzed it, wanted to publish every single research paper I wanted to off of that and monopolize that data. Hubble, as soon as it started getting measurements, it started releasing them to public mm. for free. Okay. And that was the most revolutionary thing in astronomy up until day. Mm -hmm. Like it, it was the thought process behind making this information that people have spent billions and billions of dollars building free and public. Yeah. You know? And As it should be, though. It should be. Like programs, 100%. funding them is good. I mean, that's kind of the reason why people got so interested behind going beyond the limitations of Hubble, right? Mm -hmm. Because even more people are interested. Mm -hmm. Because And then when uh, James Webb goes up, even more people are going to be interested. Yeah. So, like I touched on earlier, our universe is about 14 billion years old. Because of the limitations of Hubble, we can only really see about 13 billion years out. So actions that happened about 13 billion years ago is the furthest we can see. Because the further we look, it's basically like time travel. And you can extrapolate, you can see how galaxies are formed. You can see, you can piece like, oh, this galaxy is this old. So that means, and these are the types of galaxies that are these old. So you can sort of chart how galaxies are formed, how stars are formed, how planets are formed off of that, you know? But James Webb will be able to see 13.7 billion years. And that is only 300 million years after the Big Bang. Mm. You know, it's, these are big numbers. They might not seem like much, but the world, the universe was very different 13, uh, 13.7 billion years ago mm -hmm. than it was 13 billion years ago. So yeah. imagine being able to see that much closer to the Big Bang. So just the start of the universe, right? yeah. Yeah. Like our modern physics is based on the calculations, you know, of the Big Bang. They extrapolate mm -hmm. our universe's age back to that, you know. And who knows what we're going to see? That's the exciting part. Mm -hmm. Who knows what type of changes in our thinking? Who knows what type of changes in astronomy this is going to bring about? We're going to see Megatron. Yeah, I feel I, like I would be happy to see Megatron right now. <laughs> that would be dope. We'd be like, yeah. hey, uh, I know of a few people that you might want to take out first. Uh, we'll definitely take out all of us. But yeah. here's, a, here's a few names first. First, we have to meet with Shia LaBeouf, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. Megan Fox, and the other people from the Transformers universe. <laughs> Michael Bay. 
No, Michael well, Michael Bay is just gonna lens flares. <laughs> we need more lens flares. No, I feel I feel like this telescope's ushering in an entirely new like generation of just like astronomy. Like yeah, just there's so much more knowledge that we can gain from this. Well, and making that knowledge like accessible, there's a lot to be said for like accessibility because there's a lot of things that like everybody deserves a chance to explore the things that they're passionate about because they're the ones that are going to make it farthest like and are going to push the boundaries and so giving people access to become passionate about things because you're not just born knowing what you're passionate about i mean and if you are high fucking five i wasn't and so you have to spend time and find that and the more accessible things are to you the i mean the more you can explore and try to find and push boundaries on and blah 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 it's important yeah it's important I to make so it accessible too. i mm-hmm. very much think so yeah. too you know and another cool thing that james webb is supposed to do is uh check exoplanets which are basically planets of other stars for life in a sense that it can detect certain atmospheric compositions that indicate life or at least the life as we know it here. Mm. Like it can't see people crawling around or alien life crawling around, but it can at least detect chemical changes in the atmosphere that might indicate that there are there is life on this planet. Mm-hmm. Are you fucking living in the world of like Wally or some shit? Holy fuck, dude. This is an advanced ass telescope. Yeah, this is... So, say that and let, let's just go back to the timeline of it. I think that was probably a little bit more interesting since you said that. So this was planned in the 1990s. The planning for this telescope was in the 1990s. The 1990. The construction even started to begin in 1996. Mm. It took six years just to get it planned. And Golly. It was planned to be released in 2007 with a budget of you can uh, $500 million. Ha! No. $500 million. <laughs> nah. That's ridiculous. like nothing. Nope. Fucking ridiculous. That's absolutely nothing. For what it is trying to do, no. Hubble was released in 1990s. Mm-hmm. Hubble was released in 1990, actually. Okay. So they basically started planning it as soon as Hubble was released anyways. Mm-hmm. And because of, you can imagine that 500 million was not enough, yeah. uh, planning had to change a bit. And at that time, and still to this day, there wasn't a rocket that could ship the mirror up in one piece. Mm-hmm. So as you can see here in this comb, this mirror is actually designed to fold back before it deploys. So it's like this Transformers thing that are just like, you know, it's going to deploy in space. And mm-hmm. man, I wish I looked up, uh, what do you call it? Like an animation of it? Because it looks like the coolest thing on Earth, mm. you know? And soon to be not on Earth. Soon to be Ooh. Not. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Um, the original construction of it, well, the, almost all of the construction of it was completed in 2016. But they had malfunctions with their solar shield. So without the solar shield, the entire telescope would be useless. 
So they had to delay the entire project. Mm -hmm. And it was actually meant to be delayed and meant to be launched in March 2020, but it got delayed due to coronavirus. That's Mm. crazy. But I think that that was just a front because... I don't think that it was going to get... I think it was going to get delayed anyway. They didn't want to take uh, COVID <laughs> yeah. out to space. Yeah. They were like, yeah. Mm-mm, mm-hmm. we don't want to infect those other life forms. Yeah. And because they know aliens are out there. Mm. <laughs> yeah. The truth is out there. <laughs> so this, is, this telescope is a long, long time in the making. Almost 30 years, you know? It's almost so, as old as I am. Yeah. Think about the technological changes from that That's time to now. Like... We live in a different world 30 years from 30 years ago, right? Yeah. And so one of the, uh, so it's already actually already helped us. So LASIK was a result of this endeavor. LASIK surgery? Yeah. LASIK surgery Mm. and uh, precision lasers were the result of this. Um, Thank you, James Webb. A lot of modern camera technology was also a result of this. And so it's already helped us out. You know, like people always say, it's like, oh, why are we spending money, you know, going to space? But because money isn't real. <laughs> they're like, so oh, we could be well. spending it to do things here. But money but- is not real. So you can do <laughs> both. That's what people don't get when it That's comes true. to like the nation. None of the money is actually real. So why not just spend it in all of the places? That's because true. it's not real. What's a deficit? I don't know. It's not like Never heard uh, of it. it's not like when you you know when you owe on a loan or whatever, and you have creditors calling you. Nobody's calling America, being like, "Hey, oh, what about that? You know, three trillion dollars that you're in debt." Nobody cares. Why? Because it's not real. We literally just print the stuff. It does <laughs> not matter. It's all made up. Our deficit's kind of just a way of um, keeping the value of the dollar from. Dropping to the fucking value of a Peso? rupee or something like it, <laughs> there. <laughs> it's just a way to say, hey, we're borrowing this money. The money is not like being increased in circulation. It's actually being borrowed and, and, and transferred. So it's it's not don't devalue our dollar. You know, like we're not going into some crazy uh, deflation or not deflation. Jesus Christ. Uh, depressive period because of the value of the dollar declining, because it's not declining. We actually just owe a lot of money to people because the value of the dollar is still what it is. <laughs> Big theory right there. I don't America, have any facts America, we're never going to pay you back. But also, let's not pretend like we aren't in the middle of a big depressive episode. Communally, collectively. Emotionally. We're, we're in a big mental depressive episode in America. We've been in a financial depressive episode for the past, when was America founded? 1776 since 1776 uh, let's let's scope out literally and uh, continue talking about the universe yeah so one of the coolest things that I thought about this telescope is where it is going to be currently the Hubble telescope orbits Earth at around 340 miles away from its surface and it travels at about five miles every second. So it's in a, uh, so it's relatively close, okay, mm-hmm. by space standards. The James Webb Telescope is supposed to be almost a million miles away from Earth. 
and it's not orbiting Earth. Yeah, what's it going to orbit? The sun. Sun, yeah. I was about to ask you if it was going to orbit Mars or something earlier, but the sun, holy fucking no. shit. So, here, have you guys heard of the three-body problem? No. So, three-body problem is, imagine three suns in one solar system. Mm-hmm. That somewhere in the middle of those three suns is could be an orbit for a planet that doesn't have to move. Interesting. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That makes sense. So, as it turns out, Earth has five points like that. Earth and the sun and the James Webb telescope. Or whatever arbitrary object in space. Mm-hmm. There are five points around Earth... They're called the Lagrange points. And here are the Lagrange points. This is the sun. This is our earth. This is our moon. Lagrange point one is between the sun and the earth. Lagrange point two is beyond earth in the shadow of earth, though, orbiting the sun. Lagrange point three is on the other side of the sun from the earth. Four and five are basically in the orbit of Earth. Mm -hmm. And each one of these, if you sent an object there, it could maintain a pseudo-orbit around a singular point. That is the L2 is the one that uses Earth as basically a giant solar shield in itself. Even as even as the Earth rotates around the sun, it would still stay yep. in this one yep. spot? So it stays in this... It orbits this tiny spot around there. Okay. But in, it stays in the shadow of Earth, beyond Earth. It's three to four times further than our moon is from us. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, I didn't know about this at all before I started searching this. And this is so freaking cool. Like... I mean, you're an engineer, so I think it might hit you the most out of everyone. But I think y'all can definitely appreciate what it would take to even send something that far. You know, send Mm -hmm. something that far and maintain it in an orbit. You know, that's impressive. Because we already have another telescope there. uh, But that observes an X-ray light. Mm-hmm. So this has it's no competition for this, and it's yeah. nowhere near as big or advanced as this. But at the same time, we want to make sure that we can get something there before we send. Exactly. You know, we um, already have something. The big guns <laughs> yeah. all the way over there. Yeah. So I think that this is an insane, insane thing that they have planned to do. So things in space. Space is the average temperature of space is very cold, but if you are hit directly by sunlight, your temperature could rise up to 250 degrees Fahrenheit. Okay. But in order for infrared telescopes to work, infrared is basically heat, you know? So in order for infrared telescopes to work, the telescope itself has to be cooled to lower than 50 degree Kelvin. That's negative 223 degrees Celsius. Oh, I hate it. So that has to be an internal thing in the yes. body of whatever's housing yes. the, the telescope? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. Christ. So, which is why you need the solar shield. I was about to ask. Okay. Know, even with Earth in the way, you need to block off all light yeah. that's yeah. coming and hitting. You know? And 
the telescope is made of beryllium mirrors coated with gold. Beryllium, as you can, you know from the periodic table, is very light. It's one of the lightest metals, you know, lightest reflective metals known to man. But it's very hard to work with. So they added a reflective uh, a layer of gold, which is a thousand microns thick. The entire telescope has as much gold as a golf ball, and that's it. That's the only amount of gold that you need on the entire giant tennis court sized mirror. You know, that makes sense. I mean, a thousand microns and opaque, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a thousand microns mm -hmm. is about like the thickness of hair. Yeah, approximately, like mm -hmm. it's in that same area. Mm -hmm. So that's actually less than hair, by the way. Hair, hair is thicker. Hair than is that, thicker yeah. than that. Right. Hair is much, much thicker than that. Wow. Maybe so. your hair is. Ooh. <laughs> no, I'm just Got him. You frail <laughs> hair ass <laughs> bitch ass. <laughs> Got some thick ass hair, Deb. <laughs> Which is funny because I think I have the thickest hair here. You have the most coarse, Michael, but I have the thickest. Mm. Got some thick ass hair. I know I got you beat. <laughs> it's interesting, though. The science yeah. that goes into that. I mean, it, it does look like a, a physics problem from college. Like, it literally looks like a word problem from physics 2 or some shit. Yeah. But it, like, I see the application now. It's wild to me that that's something that, that can actually have that type of real world application. Yeah, that's true. I mean, looking at it, I can see how, like, like, how it works physically. But if you had just told me this, my brain would not be able to comprehend what you said. Yeah, I would be like, nah, nah, I'm done, and I'd walk away. But like, yeah. that, that's not. That's so not right. it's so <laughs> far away from obvious Earth atmosphere or any other interference, any other electromagnetic interference that you would get a million miles away from the closest thing, you know. So <laughs> they're giving it the most chances that it can get to succeed in its mission, mm -hmm. and they've definitely thought this out. No wonder it took 30 years of planning just to try to make right. this happen. That's like multiple people's careers. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine working on something bigger than your career span exists? Like, yeah. you just come in, you're working on this project that you'll probably never get to see finished. Or you may get to see finished, but not during your career path with the company, and then you leave. you start to go loopy. It's wild. <laughs> <laughs> They go, uh, we're going to need you to step down. Yeah. Yeah. You started drawing <laughs> stick figures in your math problems, and it's just, uh, it's not going to be a good fit anymore. We appreciate your service. <laughs> Give me a second. I need to make sure I think. I just want to make sure I, I, I discussed everything I wanted to. So if you want to mark it down, Kevin, for a second. By the way, that was the funniest fucking notification that I think could have popped up on my phone. I was say? like really, really into it. Too. I saw Megan lean over and I was like, because uh, I was gonna was look it? at the timer. It was but a then hinge it was notification. Like, uh -huh. yeah, I was like, Michael, get to know Nicole on your Discover page. And so Megan, Megan like, looked at me. She, Megan literally went. I mean, I was like, no, no, closing it, closing it. It was just funny. That's pretty funny. Oh, I see you, Michael. I see you. Timing, dude. One of the last things I wanted to talk about of the telescope, I just wanted to put in the power of this telescope in sort of perspective. It can detect the heat signature of a bumblebee on the moon. Oh. 
Like a singular bumblebee? A singular bumblebee. It can detect the heat signature of it from Earth. That's insane. Jesus. It can Jesus see Christ. It can see a penny 24 miles away in visible light. You know. So That's that crazy. itself isn't nearly as impressive as being Wait, able to detect a bumblebee, but How shiny is the penny? Not very shiny. Is it an old rusty penny? Does it have the backlit uh, of a star? Yeah, exactly. Is it backlit by a star? I don't know. Has it been recently cleaned in vinegar or not? Exactly. Exactly. That's but, super impressive. Yeah, these are, I don't know, these are like, I don't know, Star Trek figures. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, we are going to have a completely new understanding or a much improved understanding of astronomy once data starts coming in Mm. you know which after the launch what do you think time-wise that looks like so you know how time time lapses work you know like Mm -hmm. because you need so much data or so much so many photons and from a singular point to detect anything you know, obviously one snapshot isn't going to capture anything. Mm-hmm. It has to be over years and years. Um, I mean, I'm assuming the first set of data is probably going to be released after like six months to a year of operation. Mm. But there's going to be more and more data and more and more software optimization following mm-hmm. that. So just the raw data is even more helpful. Mm-hmm. Right. Because... What we're looking for is going to be, we don't even know what to expect, right? So we don't even know what kind of data we're going to be working with. Mm-hmm. So this is going to stay with us up until at least 2050, this telescope. Because the Hubble is going to be decommissioned in 2030. Mm. The, uh, la- one, the last repair of the Hubble is going to happen sometime this decade, like an early decade, and that's it. If it breaks down, it breaks down, and that's it. There's, and then what, it just stays in orbit? It just... It's space trash. It's it becomes space, space, becomes space, space trash. trash. It's new space dust. You know? <laughs> but yeah, pretty much. You Interesting. Know? So, There's actually a lot of space trash. There's a lot, um, from a, lot us, a lot of space speci- trash. Well, from, yeah. we're the only ones that can. Yeah. But yeah, there's a lot of space trash from us. I think Which pancake... Sucks. Is like fifty percent of that space trash. <laughs> it all came down to earth. Is like <laughs> is like a hundred percent of all the trash that you've ever seen. Look at him. Trash. Boy. He's like, yas, I'm trash. Yeah, walk up on, on top trash. of my fort. Do it. I dare you. Do it. Break it. Oh god, he's gonna do it. Okay, he's not. Yeah, he remembers oh. the traumatic experience he had before. We'll see. Anyways. Yeah, what do you guys think of this telescope? You know, I mean, I guess we'll see. To be determined. Yeah, I'm not one determined. to be impressed by fancy figures, mainly because when you start throwing numbers at me, I get confused. <laughs> so I will just need to see it to be impressed by it. Because yeah. otherwise I'm just like, oh, yes, numbers. Very Imagine impressive. the type of images we're going to get from this. Yeah, that'll be crazy. You know? They should just all be your desktop background. Not mine, though. Not mine. You have way cooler things. Yeah. Oh, oh my god. Okay. So there's, <laughs> that's pancake in front of the fire. It was immediately a baby pancake. <laughs> that's way more important than this. But we should set that. up those monitors to have point. the yeah, all the pictures rotate through as yeah. well. 
I'll say I'm excited to see these images. Like I, I assume it'll take at least a year to get like good high quality images from J- the the new telescope, yeah. mm-hmm. just because how long it takes. But I'm kind of excited to see what these images are going to show. Yeah, mm. it's. I think. Yeah, I think it's going to be amazing. You know, like the well, the mission goals of it we sort of discussed where it's trying to look for more initial galaxies after the Big Bang. It's trying to look at how galaxies are going to evolve, or have evolved, not going to, mm-hmm. have evolved. It's going to look at how stars and planets evolve. And I talked to y'all about the alien life part, too. And mm-hmm. that's going to be a pretty big thing about it. Yeah. So, if we found alien life, I don't know, like what we would do like you want to think that we would be respectful right but then you'd also acknowledge that her our country's leaders aren't the smartest and so while everybody else is shouting like no don't do it there's some orange-haired orange-faced motherfucker that's gonna stand at a podium and say we gotta kill these aliens that we just found I hope to God that the UN has protocol or something for I'm pretty sure I'm sure they do right for for finding intelligent life outside of Earth. They have to have some sort of protocol. And then that's when the uh, United States would pull out of the UN and say, fuck you guys. And that is 100 percent what would happen. You don't want to think it because you're like, hey, the yeah. things that we're doing yeah. make sense. And then but, they, they mm-hmm. try to blow up. The pods that the extraterrestrial life came from, and mm. that's the movie Arrival. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Arrival is so low-key good. It's Arrival good is movie. amazing. I was shook. That I, thought, I, I know. I thought it was going to be, like, scary. And it was going to be something I didn't like. I will say, I just hope it's going to be more like Independence Day. Mm. And Will Smith blows up. He comes out of retirement and just blows up the alien pods. Let me just tell you that your first sentence was... And Will Smith blows up. <laughs> you better hope he doesn't hear this. I mean, if he does, hey man. <laughs> Metaphorically, we want you to blow up again. Mm, you know, mm-hmm. you kind of been on the decline lately. Oh God! Sorry. No, no, no. no. You're great. <laughs> You're great. It's fine. It's fine. Ah, cut, cut. <laughs> <laughs> but regarding the telescope, at the risk of getting more political with it, this is a great reason why the space program. Of all the programs that, like, shouldn't be privatized, mm. space is one of them. There's no incentive for space travel uh, and exploration to be subject to capitalist uh, integrity. Well, like, it doesn't make sense. there's pros and cons to the, privacy, the, to the privatization of, like, space ex- exploration because essentially, like, the federal government win in the hands of the wrong people not having a say... And what's done and what's not done is good. Yes, in, but the the very core, the very crux of it, the capitalist experience is that the ones that survive are the ones that can turn a profit. And there isn't yeah. and shouldn't be profit made from space exploration. Uh, I do core. agree that accessibility should be the most like fundamental thing in anything that we do. Like yeah. accessibility is so important. And so I can definitely see, like, it being more of a public-run thing, that accessibility being more attainable. Or maybe at least public-funded, right? Maybe yeah. that, that's what it should be more than anything, is that there should be grants 
for private mm. companies that are that are working on space travel if we don't want to go I full mean specifically public. like SpaceX is our new NASA and right. that's owned by Elon Musk. So space exploration is at this point I think more privatized than public. Yeah. It and just, to be honest yeah. that is the reason why we have any of this. Yeah. yeah. Because if it wasn't privatized we NASA would probably not even exist anymore. Yeah. It would have gotten defunded pretty much at the end of Obama administration. I mean, I agree with you on, like, it being, you know, non-for-profit, that type of thing. And that's kind of, I guess, the good thing about it being specifically privatized by who it is privatized by right now. Because Elon Musk does not need more money. He's not necessarily interested in turning a profit with space exploration because he has, like, Teslas. Yeah. He, doesn't, he doesn't He doesn't need yeah. space wasn't there to do a whole, it for him. Wasn't there so, a whole program that was revolving around sending people to space for hundreds of thousands of dollars just for the experience of sending them to space? Yeah, but to be honest, you're probably losing money just doing that. That's fair. Yeah, that, that, was, that mm-hmm. was just so a plane, basically, profit, that just did this. I believe that when we are going to make space accessible... Profit is going to mean different. What we as humans are conditioned with is a zero-sum game. In order for us to win, someone has to lose. Mm-hmm. With globalization, with trade, we have sort of moved away from that mentality. You know, we so we like to think that we live in a positive-sum world. That, well, you but know, that's what that video was saying, like that piece of the pie. Like there's yeah. only so much pie to go around. And so yeah. either you get the pie or somebody yeah. else does. There's no way right that now, two people get the pie. We are feeding off of a crumb. Mm. Think about if an entire bakery was accessible to us. And that's just our solar system. That's a lot of pie. That's a lot of pie. More than enough for everyone, you know? But I definitely also think that that's, like, the accessibility factor of it. I, the one thing, one of the cons of having governments interact in space is that... We're going to have a nationalization 2.0, you know, and today, the lot of the problems we have is because of these extreme nationalists, you know, they're like, make America great again, you know? Well, and part of my issue with like specifically America is that I fear that space will be viewed as a territory to be conquered. And yeah. that America loves a good or any type of territory to be conquered. And so that's kind of my concern with any sort of public run um, space programs is that then who like America is going to get up there and they're going to go like dibs. So this is all ours now. One of the yeah. probably the most comparable thing to recent history was the California Golders. Not even the California. It was the wild, wild west rush. A lot of people went. So this is actually interesting. How we are familiar with how so many Native Americans got killed. But at first, it was private companies who funded explorations. When they went, for the most part, in order for them to survive... They had to establish trade in a positive relationship with natives. They did not just go in guns blazing in a new territory. They had 
to have a symbiotic relationship. Mm -hmm. But it is as states and governments started to lay claim on land, mm -hmm. you know, that is when things got so bloody, you know, which is why I am very much opposed to like a national nationalization of space, you know, which I agree I would, with. But I also think there's merit to what Kevin is saying in that a privatized a privatized space program does have yeah. like certain concerns. How yeah. do we know that we're given like all of the information? Yeah. How do we know? Like I mean there's nothing to keep them accountable. But I mean kind of the way I see it is the way that our government was built to where we are supposed to be keeping representatives accountable and whatnot. It's no longer that way. That was a nice idea. That is still an idea that I would like to maintain. Sorry, maintain. But ultimately, even with a public government, you can't be sure. Like, I'm not even 100% sold that, like, there isn't a strong amount of censorship in America. You know? Because, like, huh, or I mean, China didn't know that their stuff was being censored. They didn't know that they were being kept out of things. They didn't know that they were being lied to, you know? And so we could just as easily be in that yeah. type of situation and not know private or public. And so I think there's definite concerns in it being privatized as well, but it's definitely like a cost-benefit analysis of like, okay, well, which one seems like a better way for progress? Yeah. Like for us to actually make headway when it comes to like learning new things about space and learning like seeing new things about space, yeah. which one is going to get us there faster and in a way that isn't like, let's make space a territory. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Even I, like planting an American flag on the moon, how, like how egotistical is that? I mean, don't you think? Like low key, that's I pretty think that's egotistical. Terrible. Well, that was because the original reason that we even got there was due to nationalization. I mean, that was, that we were... It was a hugely nationalist thing, the Cold yeah. War space race. Mm -hmm. And so planting the American flag on the moon was like, that was the purpose of getting to the moon at that point. We didn't give a shit about it. space exploration. Yeah. It was literally just a, yeah. a fucking pissing contest with Russia. Yeah. So that was our way of, you know, yeah. shaking our dick. Yeah. And yeah. how we talked about we're able in to our pee previous more. episode, how fucked up a competition like that made the whole world. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And like, as much as I said, I would hate the government, ha having a government you know, trying to go up in space. Imagine there were like four or five like private companies who ruled everything, you yeah. know? Your life would be owned by them, you know? And you think the government doesn't care about you? But a private company would give even less shits about you. Which is true. And I mean, that's you know? kind of the thing, so, like in favor of what Kevin is saying, yeah. like that it should be public. It should be... So it's just like so difficult because I can see both sides yeah. of it, okay. and there's definitely mm -hmm. pros and cons to it being either way. Yeah, we just. I think a solution lies somewhere in the middle. Well, yeah. I was gonna right. say I think if we can get past this us versus them mentality, I mean the United Nations exists for a reason, and mm -hmm. I think it would be great if I don't know if it would be funded by a percentage of GDP per country or how they would come to some sort of reasonable conclusion, but the United Nations starting a space program mm. that it specifically is for, you know, exploration. They do but have the, one. this is well but, but it's, not like it, it's literally astronomy. I mean it's not like it's not space exploration. But they send people up to the International Space Station. They launch probes That's to true. other planets. That's true. 
you know. Well, so, yeah, oh, that's interesting. But if that, we became factual. actual like players in it and kind of merged like SpaceX, NASA with what they have going on, then I think what Kevin's saying definitely yeah. does make sense. It's just because everything's um, yeah. separate that it's like. This is yeah. we definitely. I, I didn't actually know that the UN had um, their own. It's space the European Space either. Agency. Okay, yeah. so oh. European Space Agency. I'll say when it when it comes to exploring space, we need to stop being separate countries and just be fucking Earth. That's that's an interesting yeah. thing that you said. That I I don't want to spend too much more time on this because we should wrap it up soon. But this is a callback to Dev's first episode where he was talking about how. Uh, God, I wish I could remember the exact phrasing that he used, but basically that there's different tiers, I think three different tiers to... Kardashev uh, scale. Yeah, the Kardashev scale of of, um, of levels of, you know, being uh, at, at one with, like, yeah. your planet, at one with your solar system, at one with the universe or whatever yeah. like that, right? Like, we're, like, 0.93 on the Kardashev scale or something like that. We're not even at one with our own planet. Uh, once we get to that point, I think it's more realistic, more feasible, more, um, you know possible yeah. for us to have that type of thing with the United Nations being or like some uh, government or government yeah. intergovernmental agencies uh, taking control of this of the space exploration for the betterment of Earth. Yeah. Uh, but obviously we're not there yet. So yeah. those are the type of issues that we are going to be dealing with mm. when we are old fucks and we have all of the power and money to vote. Those are the type of ideas that we need to carry on like right so and as like right now space and is a very small part of us in the next 20 to 30 years it is going to become an insanely huge part of everything i agree with that you know because all the people who don't give a shit about it will be dead exactly right very true (laughs) very true you know and like we all have a different set of knowledge about space but i think that we are all equally as interested in it you know like at least the prospects of it and you know what it could mean for us like for example i want space to be more on the private side because i would love to own a like you know a space exploration company right well did you know that on on groupon i bought a plot of land on mars so i basically (laughs) am a privatized space we're gonna launch our drone army and we're going to protect your plot of land yeah Yeah, protect my mars plot of land um, I'm saying a 2020, 2044. It's like an acre on Mars. I'm not even sure if it's an acre or a yard. <laughs> but that's I'm like pretty good. An acre is like yeah. pretty good. I got it for like eight bucks. I have receipts. Yeah. <laughs> in, uh, an acre for eight? Yeah. Okay. That's like okay. a steal right yeah, there. Yeah, I know, right? It's obviously just symbolic, right? But <laughs> no, not, no. Until, no, no, no. not until I go there yeah. and be like, yo. We this is mine. On Groupon. Get the fuck out. But I think I have the receipt. <laughs> I, I think that may, maybe <laughs> with, with Wi-Fi. We're may- like, wait a minute. Sorry, my phone doesn't work up here. <laughs> <laughs> maybe where we're at now is what is right, but it needs to be on a more grandiose scale, right? Yeah. Having a publicly funded program that isn't nationalist, I think, is ideal. But also having privatized companies, like not making yeah. it illegal. Like making it possible for privatized companies to still participate in space exploration yeah. is also f- like reasonable. I think that there need to be better checks and balances to have a stable relationship of power between a government and a private entity. You know, I agree with that. I think that there should and be we, better checks and balances yeah. across the board. And but that's the thing. Like I said, we are going to have to work on that yeah. when we grow up. 
those are the type of policies that we need to put in place, mm-hmm. right? Because how we talk about how the old fucks right now made the world, right? Uh, we just hope we can do a better job. Yeah. You know. Absolutely. So for now, do your part. Go vote. 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 We just got our absentee ballots today. Hopefully yours are on the way. Um, or I'm sorry, we didn't get them today. We got them yesterday. Yeah. But mm-hmm. still... Um, hopefully yours are on the way. If you haven't gotten yours yet, please just double check that you did request your ballot. It is getting to be timed where you really need to be hopefully getting it soon. You need to be looking at it. You need to be dealing with it and turning it in um, because you definitely don't want to leave it to the last minute. That is how election fraud is going to be um, like happening essentially is if you leave it to the last minute and trust it in the hands of other people then they are going to kind of exploit those loopholes. And that's not your fault, but it's also just better if you try and beat them at their own game, use this um, this year, this absentee ballot system against them. You know, use it to make your voice heard, even if you've never voted before, even if you've been randomly deregistered to vote. Like, use the system against these people who are trying to take all of our voices away. Um, please vote. Please, please, please. You're, just to, as a word of wisdom for why your vote matters, an additional one this week. I'm going to try to do one weekly now. But a reason why your vote matters for this week's release. South Carolina might be a swing state. Doesn't matter what the fuck state you live in now. If South Carolina might be a swing state, your vote fucking matters no matter I what did state you know that. In. And yeah. Georgia also is um, probably more it's of a purple, purple state. But yeah, there's, there's definitely a lot Her, of... Her? Uh, discussion about South Carolina might leaning toward might be leaning towards Lindsey Graham, South Carolina, right? So uh, his opponent, Jamie Fox, no. <laughs> this is serious. It's important that his no. name is known, but I God, I cannot remember for the life Here, of me. He's he's actually uh, inching in the polls, like right next to Lindsey Graham. If I'm remembering any of this correctly, if not, I might cut it. But Jesus Christ, uh, they they're is a strong possibility that he could take the Senate seat this year. And so if that's possible, if John Ossoff is this close in the po- in the polls for Senate seat in Georgia, Jamie Harrison, Jamie Harrison, Jamie Harrison thank you. There is a chance that no matter what state you're in, your vote your vote could matter in an in infinite more possibility than you could you could have imagined before. So go vote. Your Senate seat vote matters so much this this election mm-hmm. cycle, but I mean, obviously, president, too. So get out there. Go vote. Do your also, thing. the Senate are the people that um, it seems like the House has been able to unanimously kind of pass multiple uh, stimulus bills. Um, and the Senate has been the one that has blocked it um, all times that they have tried to introduce a second stimulus bill. And if there's anything that regardless of party that we can all agree on, it's that we are not going to say no to an extra check. We need money, y'all. Yeah, like it, it, that money is something that I think that we all can agree on being nice. And um, so the House has managed to pass it, um, but the Senate has blocked it, uh, mainly because Republican senators want to add more, essentially, big business bailouts. Um, and they don't like a bare bones um a bare-bones stimulus for the American people, uh, for small businesses. They don't want small business. 
small businesses to get more additional loans. They don't want unemployment to increase for any longer duration. They don't want to send stimulus checks. They only care about those backdoor items um, that apply to big businesses, big banks, um, insurances, that type of stuff. Um, so just know that the Senate is kind of fucked right now. And if we can get a better Senate, then we have a stronger voice for the American people. And also things like stimulus become possible again, um, which regardless of whether or not you feel like coronavirus is still happening, again, Another stimulus uh, package is not the worst idea. Yeah. Again, the money's all made up, so we might as well make sure it's coming towards us. Yeah, that's uh, our little political corner for for the for the week. Dev, do you have any closing thoughts about? Uh, please, please vote. Please, please vote. Yes. That's exactly right. And regarding your topic for the week, the the telescope. Still, please vote. Yes, still, <laughs> still vote. I yes, that is definitely what we need. But mm-hmm. I would like everyone just to think about All the, the unknowns. I was gonna say, I didn't want to. <laughs> think about the. He said. Think about just the unknowns that exist out of our little sphere of air and water. Think about what could be up there and have the courage and the mentality to appreciate and support things and ideas and people who are trying to explore the unknown because that is the future. And even if that's not exactly where your passion lies, that is where your future lies. And so supporting that and other people who are passionate about it and who are willing to put in the legwork, there's nothing, you can't go wrong with that, you know? Big facts. Well, that was an awesome topic. Thank you for listening. It was great. I hope you you all enjoyed it as much as I did. And here's Megan with the outro. Thank you again for listening. Thank you, Deb, for a good topic this week. Um, Yet again, please go vote. Thank you for taking the time to listen to us carve out our little corner in the world. Um, We appreciate it. We appreciate all of the people who listen. Even if you hate us, it doesn't matter. You still gave us an hour of your time, and we appreciate it. Um, Hopefully you guys have a great week. It's a better one going forward. Um, And it's only up from here, hopefully. It's not enough, bird. And vote. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Love yourself, be yourself, go vote. Except don't be yourself if you're a dick. You know what I mean?